Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. And we're going to start today in Luke 1 as we are looking at, as we're in this series, peace was born and what the peace of God means, peace with God means, the peace of God means for us as we walk, the reality of what is uh, that we have access to through the Holy Spirit within us, how we can cope with this world in a way that we are not victims, that we are not, we don't fall prey to fear and anxiety, but that we can live in a way that is above that. And we looked at it last week, the reality of peace with God and the peace of God and, and, and what that looks like. This week, we're looking at how do we stay consistently in peace? Who would say, yeah, you can experience peace, but man, it could just disappear in a moment and send you spiraling. And you're like, what happened? But the word teaches us that God can keep us in peace. So if he says it, it must be true, right? So if we are having trouble staying in a state of peace, it must be an issue with us. Just a wild guess. I don't think God takes any days off. And so we're going to look today at, you know, a very important principle of of, how God, how we could access the peace of God, meaning allow God in to do his work. And if we look at Luke 1, starting at verse 26, we, we're going to find Mary being visited by an angel. And it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So here we have Mary minding her own business. Next thing she knows, there's an angel of God in her room. Now here's the situation in which we find Mary. She's betrothed to a man. What does that mean? Well, Jewish engagements, the whole process of getting married was in three phases. There was the engagement, which was a formal agreement made by the fathers. The second was betrothal, and that was a ceremony where they made mutual promises together, but they weren't married yet. It was a promise to be married. Now, the third part was the marriage, and that came about usually about a year later, and that would be a surprise because the bridegroom would come in an unexpected time, and then there would be a seven-day marriage feast, and they would be married. Why do I tell you that? Because she ain't married yet. And to have a child before she's married during this betrothal period um, was a no-no. This was scandalous. This was something that could potentially wreck her life and Joseph's life. This wasn't necessarily good news given the culture of the time. Come on. I'm going to get ahead of ourselves. We're used to the story. But Mary was a human being with emotions, with a mind. That could have reacted very differently to this news. As good as it was, it came with a lot of uncertainty and a lot of baggage. Okay? So, 
Verse 29, but when she saw him, she was troubled and saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, don't be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth the son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. This was the greatly anticipated Messiah that most of the Jews, almost like all the Jews, held out hope for. But then Mary said something that I think any of us would say. One problem, uh, Gabriel. How can this be since I do not know a man? I think you know what she means. Great, but one problem. How's this going to happen? I'm not married yet. And the angel answered and said to her, well, we got an answer for that. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. So there's your answer. God will do it. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For see, with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, watch what Mary, how Mary responds. We take it for granted because we know the story. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Y'all, we have no idea how much trust in God this response took. She could have, there was a lot that she could have said. Saying, don't you understand the culture in which I live in? Do you know that there is a potential death penalty for those that are caught in adultery? Do you know how crazy it sounds if I said, I'm a virgin and I'm pregnant? God did it. Imagine if someone said that today. You're pregnant? Oh, yeah, God did it. You'd be checking them in to the nearest, nearest loony bin. This, Come on, there is so much uncertainty, so much consequence awaited this promise in terms of she would have to carry this baby with all of the talking, with all of the judgment, with all of the whispering. It was scandalous. This wasn't good news. Yes, the promise of what was in her was good news, but what that meant in terms of her life and even the life of her son, like, all right, okay, that's that part. That's going to be difficult. But once he's alive, what, in the, what am I supposed to, how, oh my, what does this look like? There was so much uncertainty. There was so much to worry about. Am I right? There was so much to be fearful about. There was so much potential rejection. It, there was a lot. This took so much trust for her to hear this and say, let it be according to your word. She was operating in a biblical principle, which we are about to see. And this principle lended itself to peace that guarded her mind throughout this process. Because her, her, her job was not going to be an easy job. And this nine months, ten months was not going to be an easy one. 
But let's see. Look, let's look at what she says. Let's move to verse 46. It's called Mary's Song. Now she's with baby. And she is still demonstrating a level of trust that is overwhelming the natural situation or the, the repercussions of the situation, which was her virgin pregnancy. And Mary said, my soul, what? One more time. We could just land here and stop. How is she dealing? She is magnifying who? She is making him bigger than everything else. She is worshiping him, holding on to God in spite of everything. She is demonstrating what trust does. It magnifies the Lord over the situation. And here she declares, my soul magnifies the Lord, not the scoffers, not the rumor starters, not the judgers, but my soul magnifies who? The Lord. And my spirit has what? In God, my Savior. Again, she is not finding herself in an easy predicament. Let's not paint a false narrative here. We don't have a ton of information, but you know, just pregnancy itself is difficult. Imagine now being pregnant as a virgin and what baggage comes with that also. But she goes, my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will be called blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Wow. Why is she saying all this? Because she's magnifying the Lord. She's choosing what she is focused upon. She is putting words to the focus of her mind. She is declaring the praise of God, the promises of God. She's prophesying. She's declaring his goodness. She was human just like us, okay? She was chosen, but human, just like the disciples. Chosen, but human, who had to exercise her faith. And we can learn a lot from her. Because her actions demonstrate that she had a level of peace and understanding despite what might have been happening around her. Despite the scandal that this birth, this pregnancy would cause. See, Isaiah 26.3 says this. You will keep him in what? Whose mind is stayed on you or fixed on you because he what? Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, the Lord, is everlasting strength. Again, she is exercising trust. Her words reflect a heart of trust. She was disciplining her mind to praise the Lord and to focus on who he was and who he is and, who, and the promises of God. 
which is an act of trust. Trust is an action, and trust that leads to action opens up opportunity for God to come in and to keep, keep us in perfect peace. Translated, perfect peace means shalom, shalom. Peace, peace. You see, Hebrew, in Hebrew, you would repeat a word to reflect its intensity. So is it just like a peace? It is like peace. Like peace, peace. It is a peace that you can't comprehend. It is a peace that doesn't have to be fleeting. It is a peace provided by God himself. Now, how do we access this? Meaning, how do we allow God in? Especially when peace can be fleeting. Especially when we are dealing with issues. Because again, God never promises that our life will be easy. But he does promise peace. He didn't promise that it would not be without sorrow. But you can have sorrow and peace at the same time. Do you know that? It starts in the mind. It's an act of our will. We grant God access by the act of our will. There is a choice. Trust, trust in God is a choice up here. Trust anywhere is a choice here, am I right? If you choose to trust someone, you make a decision here to say, I'm going to begin sharing with this person a different level of information about myself because I trust them. There's an action associated with trust. Trust lends itself to making a decision here. It starts here. We can say we trust God, but if it's not followed by an action, we won't experience what it is to be kept in peace by God. Trust has to have an action. I think a lot of us can get caught up saying, well, I trust in God and trust in God, but we don't really know what that means functionally. We have to understand it starts here. Well, let's go back. What's Romans 12.1? It says, Beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world. Don't operate as the world does, but be what? By the renewing of your mind, that you may, watch this, Prove and know and discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're going to see here, this transformed mind is a decision by us. We cannot have a transformed mind without the spirit of God in us. A transformed mind is reflective of the knowledge and trust in God. When we know God is with us and in us, our thoughts should Change. Am I right? This is how it transforms. We transform how we see ourselves, how we see the world, how we see our place in this world. We transform how we look at problems. We transform how we deal with worry and anxiety. We transform because the knowledge of God is with us and we trust Him, right? But so many of us, including myself, can struggle greatly with this, especially when faced with very difficult situations. Come on. 
Well, let's go back to Isaiah 26.3. Now we've got the mind thing established. You will, God will, keep him in perfect peace. God does the work to keep his people, his son and daughters, in a state of peace if they are willing. Watch. He will keep these people whose mind is stayed on you, fixed on you. Now, what's this next word? Because. His mind is stayed because he trusts. You see that? A mind is fixed upon God through all things because he trusts. You see, it's a consequence, right, of trust. It's a healthy consequence. It's a determination on our part. Because I trust that God is with me in who he is, I am going to fix my thoughts on him in the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of difficulty, in the middle of situations where I feel powerless and out of control. I'm going to choose here to fix my thoughts upon him. I'm going to break down this word stayed. Your mind is stayed. Whose mind is stayed on you. The root of this is to prop against, to lean upon, to bear up, to uphold, lean, sustain, settled upon, established upon. Are you getting the picture? This is reflective of trust. It's an action Fueled by trust because you're putting all your weight and leaning it against something else to create the ability to create the ability to to stand and not fall. You are leaning everything about you into him. Trusting that he is not going to let you fall. We can choose to stand on our own. Or, this is even crazier, we choose to lean into our own understanding, and, but more, lean on our worry, lean on our fear, lean on our bitterness, lean on our insecurities, lean on our unforgiveness, lean on our hurts, lean on our rejection, because it sustains us. Right? Let's look at same... Proverbs 3, 5, same idea. Trust, let's say that together. In the Lord with all your heart and what? Not, same word for stay. And lean not on your. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. What? Mary was reflecting this principle. She was leaning into the promises of God, into her belief of the goodness of God, declaring those things with her mouth, despite what others might be saying. We have a choice. This is how we can hold on to peace. It's what we do when we're in the middle of situations that are trying to rob us of that. Right? Right? Again, it doesn't, it doesn't fix the situation, but it fixes your mind. Okay? When we lean, 
We're saying, I'm trusting your solution, not mine. <laughs> right? But it's so easy. I'm telling you, this is so, this is like living our faith. I don't want to say 101, 201, this is hard. Because it starts here. But if we do not exercise our mind in the middle of difficult situations to praise the Lord, to declare his promises, to believe that he is good, if we don't lean into him, we can't experience the peace of God. A lot of times we want God to fix the situation according to our own ideas and understanding, but there's no peace. And if anything, we get, we get more and more filled with angst because he's not doing it according to our plan and timing, right? Leaning is all about putting all your weight on something and trusting that thing not to let you drop. It's sustain, It's literally sustaining you. Without it, you would fall. But we are all accustomed to leaning on ourselves, we get things done, right? When we're fearful, we know how to conquer that. And it may be crazy, like crazy thoughts and, and crazy actions, but you know it works. We lean on that fear of rejection. We lean on that inferiority complex. We lean on insecurity. Like we lean on these things. And what is it? It sustains us all right. But do you want to be sustained by fear and anxiety and worry and rejection and past? Do you want to be sustained? No, but it's always there, isn't it? It's always there. And this is why it's like, he will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on them because they trust, they trust. Who's ever done a trust fall? Who's ever forced to do a trust fall? <laughs> It's, it's all meant, right, team building. It's all meant to like, all right, are you guys need to trust each other as you work together. With no qualification. Why would I trust this person? But yet, they put you in a predicament of having to fall off something into the arms of these people that could drop you. But yet, it's this magical moment when you fall back and they all catch you, right? Because they're saying, you can trust them, but until you lean and fall, you're not really trusting, Right? And then you have that feeling of euphoria when they all catch you. See, we're all here for one another. That's not true. <laughs> totally not true. We're here because you told me to be here. <laughs> but it's that same thing. You can't experience the benefit of trust until you lean and prop yourself up against God himself. You can't. So it's important that you know leaning is a reflection of trust. Now, is Joanne here? There she is. Hey, Joanne, will you come up real quick? I'm going to have her help me. Visuals are good. Uh, Joanne, she's going to catch me. Maybe. So I'm going to, um, first of all, fix my zipper. <laughs> Second of all, I could have picked any dude that was strong, right? That looked like, whereas, of course, that's hard. That's not hard to trust, falling into that dude's arms like that. But I picked, first of all, someone that looks totally untrustworthy. <laughs> nice. 
frail and feeble, weak. I'm kidding. But a lot of times we view God as one like, I don't know. I, I don't know. My fear and worry and all this stuff that I'm used to doing seems a lot stronger to lean on because it's gotten me to where I am today, right? And God can look like, man, we say we trust him, but yet if we really did, there would be no problem, right? But unless I lean, I'm not, if, I totally trust you, by the way. <laughs> totally trust you. So I'm, I'm, I'm a lot heavier than I look. I'm dense, all right? <laughs> I'm like a pound cake. <laughs> Don't drop me. <laughs> so I'm just, oh gosh. All right. So she's shaking. So, but I'm going to talk for a while. <laughs> so, you, no, it's not. But again, it's, it's only in this position that I can experience the effect of Joanne holding me up and me not holding myself up. I would not be experiencing this right now if I did not choose to lean, right? And she's holding me up just fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> Your arms are so shaking. This is hilarious. I'm going to go further. <laughs> so, but again, I want you all to have a visual because this takes work, right? <laughs> Should I let it take it up? Okay, all right, now I'll get up. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, she's totally trustworthy. But again, visual of that whole thing, again, I could say I trust Joanne here, right? Trust her, but unless I actually physically place myself in a position of her having to catch me, I will not experience the reality of her faithfulness, right? We don't give God a chance often. A lot of times we try to do everything ourselves, and then it's like, in case of emergency, break glass, then pray. And still, even in that, we're still praying for a solution that we want. Instead of just fully giving yourself to the Lord and saying, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, and I know that you will direct my path, because that's what you do. It's who you are. God is not here to leave you alone. He's not here to leave you directionless. It's what he does. He sustains you with life and peace and direction. He will never let you down, no matter how uncertain the situation is. He's in it with you. We just have to choose what are we going to lean on. Too often we justify leaning on fear and anxiety. We allow it to get the best of us. We allow it to dictate our actions and our thoughts. We bow to fear and anxiety. We are not called to bow to fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear. So if you're being dictated by it, man, this message is for you. Because you have to break the cycle. You have to decide, all right, when I have that familiar feeling come up that says do this, I am not, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to stay my mind on him. I'm going to lean upon him. I'm going to declare his truth. I'm going to feed myself with his word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship. I'm going to do what I need to do so I can lean on that. And the peace of God will transcend your own understanding. It is a promise. 
What's it look like? Well, what's it look like to be stayed on the Lord? What's it look like to lean? What's it look like to stay in that? Like for me, like for you, we all, we might be there for a few seconds, but then we'll prop ourselves back up, right? Staying your mind, it's a permanent place. It's a permanent posture. Good times and bad times. Even when you're thriving, Lord, am I doing the things that I need to be doing? Lord, am I behaving the way I need to be behaving? Is my life submitted to you? Is there areas that I have to submit to you? Is there areas in my life that I need to surrender to you? I'm used to this, and this gives me a sense of identity, purpose, and all of this, but yet, Lord, I'm willing to give it all up and lean on you and say, Lord, direct my steps. Help me see. Help me see. Help me see, right? Watch how you speak, you know? How do, how, what, what do you speak? What comes out of your mouth? You know, the Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Swearing's not that big a deal. Okay, fine. But guess what? It's showing what's inside. Complaining's not a big deal. It's showing what's inside. See, we foo-foo this stuff, but man, if we give in to what we speak, we're basically saying, I don't trust and I don't care. I'm living my own way. I'm dealing my own way. He's like, there's a different way. Yield. And you're going to find life. You're going to find peace. Well, how do I know that? Well, let's, first, let's look at Philippians 4, 6. We read this last week. But again, this is how you begin to stay focused on the Lord. Be anxious for nothing, meaning you have potential to be. Anxious for something, right? But in everything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? In everything, no matter what you're dealing with, this is how you keep your mind focused and leaned upon God. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace, and the peace, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what we're seeing here are a lot of choices. We are seeing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Guess where a lot of our prayer can happen in everything? Here. What, where does worry attack? It fills your mind with thoughts, doesn't it? It fills your mind with scenarios. It fills your mind. It fill, and, you, and you're just like, you're feeding on it, right? Paul's like, stop. Be anxious for nothing. You may be feeling anxiety and fear and worry and uncertainty right now, but this is what you do. You fix your mind upon the Lord. How do you do that? You replace those thoughts with prayer, with worship, That's the type of prayer this is referring to. It's a prayer of worship. Supplication is asking. Prayer. Bless you, Lord. Bless you. I praise you, Lord. You are good. You are faithful. I don't understand this. This is hard, but you are good. You are good. Help me. Help me through this. Help me know what to do. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. I thank you for my life. I thank you for my salvation. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you that I am yours, right? 
And as hard as this is, you are good, right? That's what it takes. But we have to decide, am I going to let this thing go crazy for a while? Or am I going to hit it head on? Philippians 4.8. He gives us more. So he goes, now finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, think on these things, right? If everything is going wrong, is there still something to, to be to praise? Is there something praiseworthy? What? What? Okay, three of you believe it. Okay. <laughs> this is the problem. You're like, no, there's not, Russ. When things are going bad, ain't nothing praiseworthy. No, God is praiseworthy. He is good and he will meet you right where you are. And he says this, and then the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, saying the example I am leading, Paul is saying, as you have seen see me grow and walk in faith, duplicate these things. Walk differently. Put these things into practice and watch what he says. And the God of what? Peace. What? Peace. Will be? With you. you see how this all comes together? Do you see how Mary was operating in this from the small little bit that we get from her, from the narrative? We see that her mind, her thoughts, her words were focused on the goodness of God in the middle of something totally crazy, right? We have peace with God so we can have the peace of God. We have to know that he is here for us. (laughs) Some of you just need to be relieved that you don't have to do this life on your own. Right? Some of you have had a lot of success, but your inner t- turmoil overwhelms it. Right? Disaster could strike at any time. So you're just like, came and enjoy life. Right? I could be rejected again, or I could lose this, and I can lose that. And I mean, every time I turn on the news, I mean, there's something to worry about. And we can tend to lean on that, let it fuel us. Because guess what that stuff fuels? Anger, rage, self-righteousness, bitterness, right? doesn't produce anything good. Fox News or CNN, whatever, does not promise to keep you in perfect peace. If anything, it jerks you out of that room, shakes you, beats you down to the ground, kicks your teeth out, props you back up, runs you over. Right? But yet we're like, I got to get my fill. Can't start my day without it. Why? Because we're morons. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Is God good? Yes. We're going to start trusting him at whole new levels. Yes. Man, it is going to be a year of trust. I don't care if you're 80 or 8. We are going to learn to trust God in the trenches on a daily basis, step by step. We're going to build each other up. We're going to encourage each other. And if someone is down, we're going to pull them out and say, God is with you. I know you don't believe it, but God is with you. And he will not forsake you. He will lead you. He will cover you. He will guide you. He will cover you with his mercy and grace. And he will fill you with power and a sound mind. 
and love so we can walk differently, right? That's why we're together. Come on. So now we get to end with a worship song. This is how we stay our mind on the Lord. We praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you have dealt with our sin so we can come before you and know that you hear us and see us are in us. We are forgiven. And Lord, you have our steps planned for us. And Lord, we can lean into you no matter what we are facing. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We worship your holy name, your holy You're a holy God. Forgive us, Lord, if we have not approached you as a holy, holy, righteous God, Lord, with reverence. Thank you, Lord. You are perfect and faithful. And Lord, we submit to you. We repent from our, our own understanding, our own ways. And today we collectively say, amen, amen, amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.